I met Maddie Healy from the 1975. <laughs> I had no idea how you were going to break the news, and that was iconic. <laughs> Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And welcome back for another episode. Happy December. It's now December. Oh my God. November flew by. This has been a very eventful month for me. Yes. (laughs) And I want to get into that. This is a very, we're going to like kind of just like deter from our normal, usual content we're not, we're not giving advice today. We might give a little advice, mm-hmm. a little advice, but we're going to like, you know, take a shift from our normal, usually scheduled program because I, I think not only have, have I had like the most eventful month, I have had the most eventful week of 2022 this week. And I have been dying to share it with you. I've been dying to share it with Hannah. I haven't really told Hannah that much of anything. And... I feel like you guys are going to really enjoy it. But before we get into any of that, because we have a lot we want to talk about today, I really want to start at the top by sharing my captivation for the week so we don't get lost. Because I feel like whenever we do like these content life update episodes, uh, these are some of, this is one one of our favorite segments of the show. And I feel like it always gets lost. So I want to make sure that, you know, we get this in for you guys because my captivation this week is a new TV show on Ooh. Netflix that <gasps> Hannah, you need to watch. Oh, wait. I already know what it is because it's trending you, on TikTok. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's the dance that she does. I yes. Can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the show Wednesday. It is the it's spinoff of the Addams Family, and it follows their daughter Wednesday. And Jenna Ortega is the star of it. She plays Wednesday Addams. And so oh, good. my God. I already love the Adams family. It's one of my favorite like stories. It's not because of you, okay? I, no, like, I love the Adams family because my last name was is still technically legally Adams, and I spell was, differently. I know it has two D's, but whatever. Did I ever tell you that your um, voicemail growing up about was our the voice Adams family? Yes, you did. Told I tell me the gals multiple times. I don't think so. Oh my gosh! Okay, hold on. I have to do it for you guys. So when you would call our home phone. My sister, my brother, my mom, and I wrote a song, and we said, we're sorry that we missed you, but we know you know what to do, so leave your number at the beep for the Adams family. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> Da-da-da-da. 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 And that was our I voicemail. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that for the whole internet to hear. <laughs> Listen, it was iconic. People would call our house just to hear our voicemail. <laughs> they'd be like can we call and i'd have to text my mom and be like don't answer the phone so and so is calling to hear the voicemail and they would be like okay ha, ha, ha. it's it's like when in a high school your voicemail on your cell phone was you answering the phone and marcel the shell's voice listen i was weird i still am weird but no wednesday there's Adams, one thing hannah's gonna have it's a weird voicemail. honestly i have no idea what my voicemail is now and i have like clients parents calling me so i probably need to actually check into that it's probably just like the greetings like you honestly this number honestly no wednesday adams iconic i was wednesday adams for halloween, halloween. yeah because yeah, you you were there 
that is going to be the iconic Halloween costume in 2023. I'm calling it now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm calling I, it. I, I told one of my friends that I was obsessed with the show. Like, I thought it was so good. And I'm like, if this had came out when I was in high school, I would have been like, you know, fuck the Hogwarts shit. I would have been like, nevermore all day, baby. Because like, I'm into that kind of stuff. And he was like, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm into that like macabre kind of thing. Like, I like the whole gothic appeal to it. Like, I've always said I want like a black Victorian house. Like, I really love um, like her just dark sense of humor and like her obsession with death. I think it's so funny. And he was like, this is coming from the girl. Who wears all white and beige and like loves Harry Styles? You're telling me that, bitch. <laughs> like we're the same fucking thing. Listen, I'm a complex person. I have I'm layers. Complex. No, I thought it was so wild that she like filmed it without blinking. So I tried to like do that, and I, it's possible. I saw a TikTok. You just, like, it was like if you act like you remembered blinking. Or something, and I tried it, and I was like, okay, okay. That, and then if you just, like, soft focus your eyes, mm. mm-hmm. which I've done sometimes, and it kind of, like, if I just like soft it, focus. Like, it gets blurry, but, like, I can yeah. still keep it open. Yeah. I mean, that's I do this all the time. I'm doing it right now because mm-hmm. I would do this all the time, like, in high school because I have ADD, and this was, like, fun for me. <laughs> Yeah. No, I need to watch it. It's on our it's on our list. We're trying to wrap up a show we started and it's we're like halfway through the last season and then we're going to watch Wednesday. But it's so great excited. because it's not just like I granted have not watched the original Adams Family movie like in a very long time, so I couldn't remember like the world of the Adams Family because there are other mystical creatures and like people in this, but I the like the normal people are aware that these people exist like they're not in hiding right so like you have they're in their normal world yeah you have wednesday who is just a goth person she has visions but like her her and her family they're not like magical beings like they're just like these really like morbid goth people who love Mm -hmm. death and decay Mm -hmm. uh ditto but at her school there's like werewolves vampires um sirens which Having the most popular girl in school be a siren is 10,000 times more interesting than having it just be a really powerful witch. Because I feel like whenever I see shows like this where there's like all these mystical creatures, the most popular girl in school is just like a really powerful witch. Having it be a siren, someone who is a beautiful person who with the sound of her voice can just make people do whatever they want. Mm -hmm is genius yeah that is so genius and just way more clever and original i think so i really loved that idea and i just liked that we weren't pigeonholed to only only like these certain types of creatures or you know i also liked that the normal people in the world the muggles if you will knew that these creatures existed and there wasn't like this war between them i mean there was like there were outcasts i think that's what they call the the mystical people or outcasts Mm -hmm. um so yeah i just really loved it i've already watched the whole season it's fantastic it's great and jenna ortega is chef's kiss she's amazing yeah no i'm so excited to watch it i keep seeing it on it's like trending on my tiktok right now and i'm like Mm -hmm. i can't watch these i just have to scroll um well i think it's funny too because her roommate is somebody who like loves color and like loves like bright pastels and all these different that like, reminds me just, of the hating game have you watched that movie no i have not oh honestly well, it Lucy reminds Hill's me character of, and then the character that that like 
frenemy, hate each other. His mm-hmm. desk is black and hers is like colorful, beautiful, like fairy princess. Oh, well, I <laughs> like, was just, I was going to say their room just reminds me of those two houses in Santa Monica Beach where it's like the bright Barbie doll house and then the black house like right next door to it. And it's like my two will, duo personalities. I, yeah, you're like side by side. I will own a black house or have some sort of black somewhere in my house. I told you, I want a black Victorian house. I think it'd be so freaking cool. And mm-hmm. I tell people that and they're like, why that's so weird i'm like no you don't understand you don't understand like the power that i would hold living in that house an all black exterior house i have a really bright interior but like white see i want the opposite i I want like a white exterior with black uh what are they called shutters and then Mm -hmm. like black interior like i want a black interior house you see, I like... I pictured I, in my I, mind. I, and I then like all the, of our video footage is going to be so opposite. You're just going to be like beautiful mm-hmm. and bright. Mine's going to be like dark and terrible. I want... I love bright interiors, but I love a dark exterior. And then at Halloween with a black mm. Victorian house, I can hang fake floating candles from the porch and then turn all the interior rooms that have windows um, on them to make all the lights red. <sighs> No one's going to want to come trick-or-treating at your oh, house. Oh, it's going to be the most ultimate. And they have, like, jack-o'-lanterns, like, lying. Honestly, your house is going to be the dare house. Like, I dare you to go ring Emily's door. And then, like, if whoever fucking comes gets a full-size candy bar. Oh, I am definitely going to be a full-size candy bar house. 1, so they're going to be scared. Percent. But if you are brave enough, you get rewarded. You get the Reese cup. You get the Kit Kat. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. King size. The king, king size. size. The king size. Yes. Yeah. Mm. What is your captivation, though? Um, I'm currently reading it, so I am not 100% done, but I am about 80% done. Um, but it's the book called The Idea of You by Robin Lee. So, Who else has talked about this on our podcast? Um, was it Brett? It was Brett. It was Sweaty Brett. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So um, basically, it's about um, a 39 year old owner of an art gallery in LA. Um, she doesn't want to take her daughter to meet her favorite boy band, but she does. And it is just like the twist and the complications of, um, this like love relationship with a boy from a boy band. And it is incredible. And I love it. Um, it's a very good read. So it's got me on my toes and I just cried. So it's like all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. And Brett... That was also her captivation as well, too, when mm-hmm. she was on the show. So I love seeing the full circle. Yes. I love seeing that. I also asked for the book for Christmas, so we'll see if I get it, and I will let you know my review after I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll let you guys know what I think about it once I'm done, but so far it's been – I, like, can't put it down. Um, mm-hmm. And I love those kind of books, so. Okay. So I know you guys are all waiting to hear about my week, but we're going to teach you a little bit more, and we're going to do a couple ad reads really quickly. Uh, and while you're listening, uh, if you like – these like kind of content life update things like make sure you're following us like on instagram because we do like reels a lot where we kind of update you on our lives and we also have our own personal instagram so our podcast one is at the gals guy pod and then we have our personal ones at emily elise and at hannah adams miller and we're gonna be more active on tiktok coming the new year and we really want you guys to like be involved in our tiktok and like give us ideas for stuff that you want to see so let us know in the comments on our Instagram and on our TikTok. And if you really love this content, you want to hear more, we have over 150 episodes and you can hit subscribe on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts to get more and leave us a little ranking. But we're going to get 
into our ad reads, and then I'm going to tell you guys all about my exciting week. I met Maddie Healy from the 1975. <laughs> I had no idea how you were going to break the news, and that was iconic. <laughs> I'm going to... And I met Haley Williams and Zach Farrow from Paramore this, in the span of 72 hours. This week for you has been literally iconic. Also, like, the fact that there's a man on your Instagram feed. <laughs> when I saw the post, I was like... I don't think Maddie Healy understands what an <laughs> honor it is to be featured on the Emily Elise Burton's Instagram. An honor. <laughs> because like, I never post anybody. Never. Like, I, I was just like, oh If I post anybody, it's gosh. Hannah. I know. It's like, I'm the only one that's, that's <laughs> graced um, the surface of that Instagram page. No, but I was just like, the honor. <laughs> And then Zach Farrow was on there today with Haley. Two so. men in a row. I was just like, oh, iconic. like, but the fact that like the, those photos are back to back. Like, I know no you space. posted, and I was like, whoa. I but it goes with that whole row. Like, it's like all music. Harry, Maddie, Haley. Like, it's perfect. that all happened this month. Yes, and it's an it's an iconic part of your grid. Like, I want you to like, pin those. <laughs> Just well, right now they're at the top. So, but I literally started this month off with going to a free Harry Styles concert, and I told you guys about this. I went with Maddie Mayo from OKSIS in Camber, uh, and that was amazing. Like the fact that the the label sent me tickets and I get to go for free, and you know, it just seeing Harold in person in the was flesh. amazing. I didn't get to meet him. Honestly, if I had, if I, I don't know how I would have composed myself if I met him. Cause here's the thing. He's too real at that point. I, well, I, he's already too real. I noticed, I noticed when I met Maddie and Haley this week, these are two people. One, I've loved Paramore since I was in high school and the Riot album came out. I knew a little bit from their first album and I still have some favorite songs off that first album. My whole Tumblr URL was based off the lyrics from the song Brighter. I yeah. had a Riot backpack my sophomore year of high school. Like it was a, it had the Riot font all over it. Uh, I want, I dyed my hair bright red in sophomore year of college because of Haley Williams. So, like, this woman has shaped a lot of my life, and I've always loved their music. And I think the only time I've ever uploaded, please don't look it up, on YouTube, a cover, it was... Oh, my God, I remember this. Only, <laughs> it was the only exception from Paramore. Please don't Google it. Please don't look it up. Oh, um, I'm gonna it's find not good. It. <laughs> it's not good. I know I don't sing well on it. Like, I'm fucking 15 or something in it. Please don't look it up. These uh, four walls, mine's worse. <laughs> Oh damn! Oh damn! Oh dang it! <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, this is somebody who has really shaped a lot of my life, and I was nervous like leading up to it to meet Haley, and I knew that someone else from the band was going to be there, and I didn't know it was going to be Zach. I thought it might have been Taylor York, who is the lead guitarist now for Paramore, and I think he also dates Haley as well. Uh, he came into the band later on, but Zach was one of the founding members with mm-hmm. Haley, uh, and he's the drummer. And honestly, so fun fact, I always wanted to play the drums, but I never did because when I was in middle school, I had to pick between orchestra or band. 
I chose orchestra because the violin was cheaper than a set of drums. And I think my parents also didn't want to fucking hear me banging <laughs> drums. Why not? In the Why garage not, Emily? They didn't want to every hear every night. They didn't want to but hear your I- drum concert. <laughs> Because I think me giving up violin was probably a lot more easy to digest than giving up drums and then there just being a drum set in the house. Yeah, yeah. But I think when I, I heard That's What You Get for the first time, the drums in that song, I think, are so good and iconic. I really wanted to learn how to play the drums. And, like, I will listen to that song and I still will, like, think of, like, I'm trying to listen to like the rhythm that Zach is hitting them to. And I also think just the drums is probably one of the hardest instruments to play because I'm trying to remember like how you press like the bass. How you with have your like, foot like your foot while and you're your doing the snare drums. Doing all three doing different things. <laughs> yes. It, it sounds like such a fucking hard instrument, but it's so cool. And I, I that's one of my favorite like instruments to listen to when, when I'm listening to music. It's necessary. Drums yeah. can make or break a song. Yes. So. And there's different tempos, different techniques that you do. Anyways, so it was meeting him too. And I was just like, like, it's really surreal. Like, these are people that I've idolized since I was 14, 15 years old. So, like, since 2008. And they walk into the room and they are the most normal people ever. And one, it's not only refreshing, it's also great for me because I was going to ask them a couple questions for my company's social media and get that on camera and I was a little nervous and just both their presence was just really chill and made it a lot more comfortable and a more relaxed environment for me somebody like you know the two DJ hosts that were doing the main interview like they do this all the time like this is their day job that's what they always do they have experience with that we have experience interviewing guests on this podcast I've done you know I wrote for my student newspaper where I interviewed people as well too but I've never interviewed somebody of that caliber before I never interviewed fucking Taylor Swift's one of her her best friends you know like exactly (laughs) it's someone I've idolized too and so I you know, felt very, very at ease with them. I was not nervous at all. Like the second I walked in the room, like my heart was not racing at all. I was just like, oh wow, like that's Haley Williams. That's mm-hmm. Zach Farrow. That's mm-hmm. really cool that they're here and I get to see them and, you know, listen to them talk and they're just so polite, so funny. Uh, no, no attitude, no diva-ish whatsoever. And you know, it was really just a very heartwarming, and I will say Haley also complimented my hair, and I was, because I said I have to get a photo with the girl who inspired me to always dye my hair red, and she was like, that's not natural, and I said, oh no, this isn't natural, but also this is not what I'm referring to. I used to have like bright red hair, <laughs> and that was because I saw the Decode music video after Twilight came out and was like, I need to have I that app like it. ASAP. I must have that hair. <laughs> And I've always just thought Haley Williams was, like, the coolest person ever. Yeah. Like, I just – she was the definition of cool to me mm-hmm. growing up. So that was really surreal and amazing. And I cannot wait to see them on tour next year because they're going to be in Los Angeles in July. I'm so envious that I don't get to see her with Taylor Swift and that show because they're opening up for Taylor the first two nights of her tour. And she talked about it and how, like, excited she was for that. And I wish I could be there for those two shows. I, I wish I could be to any. I wish Hon- I could be any of them. Honestly, any of the shows, but it's fine. That'd be great. <laughs> be fucking terrific, honestly. But, yeah, so it, that 
I think at this level, I mean, I know I've met Demi Lovato, but I would say probably Haley. Like on a caliber level, I feel like she's probably the most famous person that I've met. I only met Demi for like five seconds, and that was like back right. like in 2010 when she was barely even famous. Like she right. just was in Camp Rock. So I feel like to meet Haley Williams and like Zach Farrell in like, like at present this day, yeah, is really iconic. And like just this whole week. I feel like I've been transported back to 2014. Like, I really need, I had the urge to <laughs> wear, like, all black, like, bring out my Doc Martens and bring out a jean jacket, get a beanie going I do on. like a beanie moment. And I just really reactivate do. my Tumblr. Why not? I mean, always shine brighter. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was today. Monday, though, which Mm is – I posted about this. It's blown up all over my TikTok, and that was me finally, finally meeting Matthew Healy of the 1975. And I think when I told you – when I told any of my friends, they all freaked out because – here's the thing. Maddie Healy is the blueprint. Like, he is the ideal man for me. And I know how that sounds. I'm aware of how toxic that sounds. Here's the thing. You know how I always say that my type is a, like a white scrawny man who looks like he needs a shower and therapy. That Matt. is Matthew Healy to a T. Like, honestly, on top of that, I've always joked about how I feel like my ideal man would carry around a moleskin notebook. Tell me why when he did his chicken shop interview with Amelia, she asked him, do you carry around a moleskin notebook? You seem like you do. And he's like, yeah, I do. He smokes cigarettes. Like he looks like if he wasn't. (laughs) Not menthols. Don't lie menthols. (laughs) He seems like the kind of guy, if he wasn't famous, he would definitely be a barista at some like fucking dive coffee shop in Manchester. Like. 10 out of 10, looks so dirty and filthy, but I need him. <laughs> it is like, like I take know, a shower, I co- but don't. Like, I know I could not fix him, but damn, I would have so much fun trying. Mm. Oh, my God. No, he is literally sh- your, like, man crush Monday. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Also, on top of that, the man's a fan of Dr. Pepper, which I've always said is, like, my favorite soulmate, like, would would always drink Dr. Pepper. Like, hello, cheers, motherfucker. I have one right now. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so, so not only is he the blueprint, he's also a musician. How many times have I dated musicians? Where's the beard, also, though? He did shave. I, I, he literally did shave before he came out on stage okay. on Monday. We all wanted to get photos with him. He's like, I need to shave first. And <laughs> he went back and shaved. He went to the, he's like, he's like, he's like, can we do it afterwards? Like I need, I really need to get a shave. Like I feel, um, I can't do a fucking Manchester accent. I can't fucking, <laughs> you can barely understand what the man is saying anyways. Honestly like, though, like he says words and I'm like, are you speaking English, <laughs> sir? So yeah, he, he wanted to get a proper shave before he came out on stage. My God. Hilarious. Then, um, so on top of that, he also has an accent. How many times have I said I love the British accent? Like, More granted, than I can ever recall. 
mate, like I feel like we <laughs> feel I like, feel like you went a little babe. Australian there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. It's not Manchester. <laughs> it's all I it's know. okay. It's okay. A for effort. <laughs> a minus for effort. <laughs> But, like, here's the thing. I've also been in love with this man since 2014, right? When I found out about their self-titled album. Mm-hmm. I was in London. Yep, you were. I just, I was in a pub. I think you I sent me pu- chocolate. You told me to listen to that. And yes. then I was like, I'm, I am hooked. And then we went to the concert together at my university. And that was in 2016. Which was amazing. Yes. And we were, like, on the floor. We were so close. Oh, my God. It was such a vibe. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. I... Love 1975 concerts. They are great. They they're, like know they're amazing. How to do a performance. Not only is like their music live great. Oh yeah, their set design and their lighting design, the, the theatrics, it's like that they a put light into show. their shows. And, Have but you it's seen? So, it goes so well. Have you well. seen their current one? No. So their current one is phenomenal. It's set up like a whole house. Oh, that's and really cool. Like it's a real, it's an interactive stage too, where like Maddie's like all over the place. Like he's on the couch, uh, he is uh, crawling through the TV at some points. Like there's a door that Phoebe Bridgers came out of that night at the LA show. Like he's kissing it- fans again. <laughs> you should have been there. Let me tell you that. Um, do you know? What my coworker told me to wear when I was meeting Maddie Healy. Granted, Maddie Healy came to my work. This was not like a normal this was concert not like, where I met right, him. Right. I was being paid you to were be on there. The also, clock. also, I was being paid to go to a nineteen seventy five concert. Like, <laughs> listen, like I said, iconic week for you. Iconic. She was like, "What are you gonna wear?" I was like, "Well, I can't wear what I would normally wear." And she's like, "What would you normally wear?" And I said, "Normally, I would wear like." A corset and leather pants and she said fuck it do it i'm like i work with a ton of men i can't i don't want to be thinking about my nipples the entire time these male superiors are around me like and they're like oh <laughs> so this is the social media girl okay, okay. all right social media. all right well she should not be working from home anymore she needs to come to the office yeah no You're like no i'm good i'm good hard pass no hard no 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 pass so uh, I wore like my like go-to first date outfit and I threw a leather jacket on top of that to, you know, have some edge to me. Um, <laughs> but it. shockingly, the man smells amazing. He okay, doesn't smell so like cigarettes. freshly showered? Yes. Freshly showered, freshly shaved. Had a little bit of cologne, probably like Santal 33 from Le Labo, something around those lines, you know, bougie-ass shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so nervous at first. So I, I walk into the performance space and I'm staying in the hallway. They're doing sound checks. So I'm not going to walk in in the middle of them doing sound check. The only people are in there are the people who need to be in there at that moment. So I'm just dilly-dallying around and I see one of the security guards like open the door to the uh, sound stage, and I see Maddie on stage and he's like looking over his shoulder, looking out the door. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Matthew Healy. And if, I, that's when I texted you. I just saw him. And <laughs> it's I, at that point, I I still don't think it had hit me no. that I was about. like Because I was watching them from, like, the monitors out in the hallway. And I was like, it it's still not real. Yet. It's still not real. Yeah. And then I go in there. And he's off the stage at this point by the time I go in there. And he comes out of the green room to come, like, talk to some people. And his manager's out there, too. And 
while I thought I would be freaking out, like, I feel like if I saw, and I know I, if I saw Nick Jonas or Joe Jonas, I would be, my heart would be racing because even just looking at them through a glass window at a Las Vegas resort made me want to pass out. Being in the same room in them and bringing some oxygen in them. Do you remember how I screamed when I touched this bicep? <laughs> Imagine me in the same room trying to have a conversation. Heart palpitations, honestly. Literally heart attack. I'm on the ground. Ambulance is coming for me. <laughs> so I thought that's what I was going to be like when I saw him. Yeah. But he walks in. This bloke is so fucking normal and just... If I saw him walking down the street, which I'm 99% sure I have, Probably. it's nothing like, oh my God, like he is so normal, but there, I mean, there's still like this charismatic, charismatic charm to him. And I think that charismatic charm didn't really hit me until after he came off the stage afterwards, because mm. I'm going to get more into the performance and like the interview that we did with him. But yeah. after the show, I say he's so nice because... He did not have to stay and take a picture with every single fan because that was not a part of the agreement that they had signed with my company, but he did. And I thought that that was so nice of him to do that. I thought that was really endearing. He was writing people, um, like, like some of the lyrics so they could get it tattooed. Uh, like he would like, that's so nice. Like in his handwriting. Yeah, one of the girls I was with was one of my coworkers' friends. She was my plus one because I didn't have a plus one and I could bring somebody if I wanted to. And she was like, can you bring my best friend? Um, she's in L.A. and she really wants to go. And I said, yeah, sure. Like, here's my number. Like, tell her to text me and she can be my plus one. And she wanted Poison Me Daddy, which is one of his lyrics <laughs> in his handwriting so she could get that tattooed. I was like, fucking iconic. Do it. And, yeah, he was signing posters and doing all that. And got a picture with him but i think that's when i saw the chari- the charismatic charm kind of yeah. come on and i think it's because you know he still had it in him like when he's performing but i mean his overall performance i have never seen the man look so happy and so elated and i know your videos he looked like so ex- like happy to just yeah. be where he was in the moment and i will say too part of it is a lot of the songs he was singing, he sings them smiling on purpose because that's how, like, you, they sound a certain way if you sing smiling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you, I mean, I don't our, have to tell you our, that. You know that. Yeah. Our friend does that a lot. William. Yeah. And it, it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So, that's also, if you see him smiling a lot on stage, that is one reason is because it's how it's, it sounds a certain way. Yeah, like, certain placement. He's probably playing around with resonance, too. So. But... In general, though, like in the interview and then just like a, as a normal person, like he was still goofing around on stage. He still felt very comfortable and I think looked very, very happy and was a delight. And I am still obsessed with him in every possible way. And I've realized that this week I have met two of Taylor Swift's friends. I'm slowly making my we own mastermind plans. It's, this is I like I'm I'm meeting Gail tomorrow too, who's one of her openers. Like I am slowly cultivating and meeting all of her friends so that I can finally meet Blondie herself one day. Like it's all listen. When a you get a plus planned. one for Blondie, I'm on the the next flight. I'm oh I am yeah. the plus one. <laughs> I will wait for you. I, I, I am I call it. Okay, <laughs> nobody She's else. Like, Bitch. You're like, bitch, I don't care if you find out that day. I'm buying a private jet and I'm flying there. 
that you're going that evening, I'm I'm already there. I'm already in LA. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. I will get there. A she's you're gonna come out. You'll no. We don't have to worry because you'll be already be in LA for that week. Exactly. And then you're like, I'm on call. The stars will just align, and I'm like, I'm on call this week. I'm sorry. I'm on call for a very important. I'm on call for Taylor. Like <laughs> I'm on call for Taylor Swift. Thank you. Yeah. Like, but speaking of Taylor, that was another thing too that kind of uh, broke the internet, and it wasn't intended to because it was supposed to come out with our interview that my company did, but it's totally fine. Like the fans are allowed to take their phones into the studio and they're allowed to record whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so like no one at my work is mad. Like no one's mad. Like they're totally yeah. allowed to do this. Um, we just wish we could have got the jump on it, but it's totally fine. Like we don't care that we don't really care that much, but uh one of the questions that was asked in the interview, and by time that this episode of a podcast is going up, like it will be out there on the internet. So like it's totally fine if I talk about it now. Um, one of the questions that was asked in the interview was about his relationship with Taylor Swift, like his like friendship. I mean, when I say that, uh, because Taylor got to listen to a couple of tracks from the album before before the uh, the 1975 latest album before it was released to the general public. And that was because Jack Antonoff was the producer on Midnight's mm. and Being Funny in a Foreign Language, which was the 1975's album. And so she got exclusive, like, listened to some of the tracks. And, like, we they asked um, if he got to listen to any of Midnight's before it was released. And he said, yes, he actually worked with Taylor on a couple of the songs, but they ended up not being released. And no animosity towards Taylor at all whatsoever. Like, he's like, no, like, that's, it's fine. Like, it's, that's not how this works. Like, it's totally fine. Like, uh, yeah. she's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is Taylor released the fucking vault tracks because I know I, I saw, I this. saw it on TikTok. I saw somewhere about that. Um, I guess when I, when I was on 1975, after I watched several of your videos and I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, wait, that means she has Midnight Vault songs. <laughs> and my mind was like, and where the fuck are they? Where are they, Taylor? If this is Taylor's version, we need the vault tracks. Yes. So I'm like, so, we need a 6 a.m. <laughs> Taylor, we need, a, we need the 6 a.m. tracks 6 now. 6 a.m. track. <laughs> Definitely. I'm here for it. But. I could just one because I honestly think it'd be interesting to hear their voices together, or Second just of like all, their collaboration. Like even if he didn't sing on it, like the collaboration of the mute, like because nineteen seventeen seventy five has such an iconic sound, and Taylor has such an iconic sound. Is to see how those see, mesh. That's one that's another thing too. They shared the same producer on their both their latest albums, Jack Antonoff. So mm-hmm. it's gonna have that Bleachers influence to it. Yes, and I think it would that the melodic news. Is that the right word? The, Mel- the melodic, melodicness? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if that's a word, but we can make it a word. The Why music not? part. The, the instruments. <laughs> the instruments would sound probably very similar, and there could probably be a very happy medium with it. It's the lyrics I know that, that like, I would be, hmm. because let me just pull this up for you really quickly, okay? Because I want to compare Taylor's lyrics to the 1975. Um, I know that these two are lyric geniuses. And could probably write and make something iconic. Song. Because I mean, if I'm looking at I'm gonna pull up Ivy because that's like her one of her quill pen songs. That I know. She the writes. quill pen um, era. You got How's One to Know, I Meet You Where the Spirit Meets the Bones, and a Faith Forgotten Land. And from the snow, your touch brought forth an incandescent glow, tarnished but so grand. I know. I just love her. I love her quill pen moments. 
And then you had the 1975 who's over here like, it's not about reciprocation. It's just all about me. A sympathetic, prophetic, Socratic, junkie wannabe. And there's so much skin to see. A simple Epicurean philosophy. Honestly, I'm not even sure I know what that means. <laughs> but it's a solid song. <laughs> Put those two together and you got a fucking lyrical hit. Honestly. Honestly, you got people up in their dictionaries like, what does this mean? Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift are single-handedly, like, going to make us all smarter. Well, they're funding the thesaurus companies. (laughs) They're making Merriam Webster rich. They're making us all smarter, and they're making us try to figure out what they're talking about and what's (laughs) to come in the future. Like, this is this is the this is what they're doing to us. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I. Got a chance to talk to him, and he was very just polite and nice, and from what I could understand. (laughs) But, I mean, he was just, like, really excited. But the rest of his bandmates, look, I know we all talk about how hot Maddie Healy is, and he is a fucking snack. We don't talk enough about how Ross is a whole-ass five-course meal. Have you ever seen what Ross looks like. Ross is the bass player for not. the next 75. And this man is delicious. And honestly, I know like the true, true fans of the 75 know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're one of them, like, you know, Ross McDonald is a whole ass steak and a meal and some ribs on the side. He used to kind of be like pretty average looking, in my opinion. Maddie Healy also is a very average looking person too. I mean, but I'm just like hopelessly in love with him. Uh, But Mm -hmm. at the show, he has grown his hair out and it's kind of like slicked back and like in a low man bun. And he has this really like, like burly beard now and he's tall and he just looks so fine. And I, I just couldn't get over it. He kissed Maddie Healy or no, Maddie kissed him. At the LA show at the Forum, which I thought was hysterical and iconic, and I loved it. Wait, so much. I think I saw this on TikTok. Yes, because well, the funny part was is because everybody was asking him at the interview. They were like, "Would you rather kiss like an old lady on the bus, something and, like <laughs> or a, a dog that's a dog a dog that's just like ate a piece of shit, or would you rather kiss George?" Um, which is their drummer. He's like, I'm fucking making out with George, which George is also a delight. But I thought it was funny that the same night that's when he also decided to kiss Ross. And that was another thing, too. He doesn't want people coming to the shows thinking that that's what's going to happen every single night, that, you know, yeah. he's going back to that. He's like, I've just been really nostalgic for 2014. And I'm like, clearly, so have I with the fucking week Listen, I've had. meant to be. I I feel like my inner teenage self is healing a little bit too because I'm just being able to have so much fun with my work and yeah. it's just been a real treat and I also was celebrating my like one year at my job so that was also really cool but I had been getting down I think a little bit and being harsh on myself about like my work-life balance like with film and everything and so this was just a nice like pick me up in a way to remind me like why I do what I do and that it's still fun in that way. And I mean, from getting free tickets to Harry Styles to going to like an intimate 1975 performance 
meeting Maddie and then getting to like meet and interview Haley Williams and Zach Farrow from Paramore all in the span of like a couple of weeks was truly like a blessing and really, really awesome. And I don't take it for granted. And I am so excited to see what else comes like from what I'm doing. But I also it will keep stalking Maddie Healy. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm telling it's you. Fine. I'm telling you. Like, the man could not be more perfect for me. I could do better. But do I want to do better is the main question that I then had to ask myself. I literally asked my mom. I was like, how would you feel, like, if your daughter married a um, rock star who's also a recovering heroin addict? And she was like, um, that's a question. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that is just, that is certainly a question that is certainly a question that i don't have an answer to and i was like that's fine that's fine because let's have an it. answer now it's fine i don't think maddie healy's ever gonna get married like i really i don't no, see that not. in his foreseeable future um but i i think he is a delight to have a crush on and i know i'm not the only girl that has a crush on maddie healy my freaking tiktok and instagram has it's been like, flooded oh it's all these new girls too i'm like y'all weren't there for the neon lights <laughs> stage you weren't there for the you weren't there for the rectangle you were not there for you, the rectangle <laughs> you were not there when with maddie healy carrying a glass of wine merlot on stage and a cigarette in the other hand and just like fucking going at it singing um if I believe in you and you like raising your arms like you're in a goddamn church, like acting like this is a song about being atheist and you're freaking treating it like you're having a spiritual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't there for that, like that's all I gotta say. But um, no, I'm I'm totally kidding. I love anybody that likes the 1975 because I truly I feel like more people are now getting into their music and I think that's great. I love it when people get into um, more of this kind of music. I really think people should give them more of a try and a listen because I think they're one of the most original artists that are out there right now and oh, they are constantly one, trying to reinvent so themselves. They're so unique. Like the way yeah. they're just the way they sound is in performance just so unique and I love it. Yeah. So I need to be, listen like, to their new album. I haven't even listened to it yet. I highly recommend. I think obviously you probably have heard the song about you. It's all over yes. TikTok right yeah, now. Yeah, I've heard and that one. The girl who sings it is Carly, which is uh Ross's uh wife she's not famous at all like she's just a random girl and they just maddie really just wanted her to be on that track no that's really cool so i think it's really cool that um that song oh caroline which is my favorite and i got to hear that acoustically at work which was really cool and i also like uh wintering ironically i think it's like a fun story song it's about christmas if you think about it i'll have to listen to it since it's december they never they never mention Christmas or holidays, but the the reoccurring line is it, I'll be home on the 23rd. And oh, it's I about like family it. reuniting. And you, I mean, we all know like what the 23rd yeah. is. Yeah. Like, you know, you're talking about Christmas and it's just talking about like family reuniting. But some of the lyrics like in this album have been really iconic. Like there are some, I think, and I'm in love with you, which is also another good song. It is, uh, don't fuck it, you Muppet. And for the longest time, everyone thought Maddie was talking about the Muppets. Uh, no, a Muppet is what you call an idiot, apparently, like in England or something. (laughs) So, like, there's shirts out there that say, don't fuck it, you Muppet, with Kermit the Frog in the center of it. And I want it. (laughs) 
so and then there's like another lyric in wintering that is um now mom's not a fan of that line about her back she said it makes her sound frumpy and old i said woman you are 64 years old <laughs> basically like you the- are from being old you dummy <laughs> And oh it's just it's just really gosh. cute. It's really fun. I think it's great. I mean, and that was one thing he said in his interview that he sent his songs to a couple of comedians because he wanted the attention. I think the song, the album's called "Being Funny in a Foreign Language," and right. so he sent a couple of songs to like Bo Burnham before release to make sure that it was funny. And Bo laughed at every song. I thought it was great. I so, love Bo. He's so yeah. funny. I, I thought awesome, that was genius. That so, is, I mean, but yeah. I don't feel like I hear of any other musicians doing stuff like that, which I think is why I've always been a fan. And I just think that their music... The only it, musician who I feel like is similar is William Hinton. <laughs> honestly, though. So honestly, you're a fan I'm not of, saying that... You're, uh, you're a fan of the 1975. I really think you would like William Hinton. So, Do like, you he, know how badly I wish I had so like good. a USB or something of his like I know. album to give Maddie? I know. Or, like, he could have, like, flown to be your plus one. <laughs> he's Honestly, so, he's so He's so talented in his own way, but he's funny and has really good lyrics and has a really unique sound, too. So if mm-hmm. you're a 1975 fan, check out William Henson. For so. sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean... That has been my week. If you want to see videos, if you want to see photos of this, you can check it out on my Instagram at Emily Elise or on my TikTok at Emily Elise as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm floored. I'm flabbergasted. I met the man of my dreams, and he was everything that I expected him to be. The only thing I didn't get to do was um, take him out for a drink and have my own individual night with him. But you know, it's okay. There will be another time. Always another time. There's always he's a next not going to he's not going to get taken anytime soon. No, I mean, no, 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 no. We're good. We're good. I'm just going to keep manifesting it again. I'm, I'm going to see him again. It's totally fine. Yeah. We're meant to be. You're golden. It's fine. You have already... Look, you've laid the foundation. Yes. You have started building this There was one girl. Home. There was one girl there oh, no. at the show. <laughs> and she went to go get a photo with him. He was like, oh, I've seen you. I've seen you on TikTok dancing. And she's like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> all i heard that's all i heard she's like that's embarrassing i've seen you i've seen you on tiktok like, dancing. I've, seen, like, I've seen you on the internet i've seen you on tiktok dancing she's like that's embarrassing i was like oh my god girl i wish you could unsee that i wish you could unsee that i wish you could unsee that i'd be mortified if he saw any of my tiktoks or I'd heard like, this episode you know what never mind i don't deserve a photo i deserve a hole <laughs> like a crawl in it <laughs> I'm just going to go unalive just, myself in the green room real quick. I'm just going to actually go out back. It's yeah. fine. It's totally fine. It's all right. It's no worries. You now know I exist. That's the thing, too. He knows I exist, but, like, he doesn't know my name, so it's totally fine. It's okay. You're the I, redhead with the leather jacket. He did make a lot of eye contact with me, though, and I don't know if that's because mm-hmm. I was in front of the barricade and between the stage, so I was, like, right fucking there. And you were <laughs> he like, had nowhere else to look. Look at me. <laughs> Yeah, literally nowhere else to look. But uh He's probably like, yeah. who is this? <laughs> Why? She does she works in music? She's too pretty for that. Oh my god. She needs to she needs to be famous or something. I need to you know? know her name. Who is this? God. Who is this woman? Who is this like mysterious, mysterious like fascinating gal. woman? Uh yeah. That's me. It's me. Hi. So that was that was that was the sum of my week. Uh, I feel like this week has been exciting for you. You are officially like growing money for your music. 
Let's go. We are growing the garden of funds. <laughs> um, yeah. You somehow made that so corny, and I didn't intend for that to happen, but okay, here, here we are. Here it is. Um, you know, I just, I'm tired, but also, sorry I made it corny, but no, I actually have dates on the calendar that I am going to Nashville to record, um, and I am starting to record my album. Which I was talking on the phone to Blaine and I was like, I've got to do it. Like, I've got to stop. There's never going to be a good time. Something is always going to come up. I just have to go. And I was like, and here are the dates. Like, I've been um, voice texting with my producer because it's just so much easier, especially when you're like trying to collaborate on something and like talk about ideas and like, I don't know, like ask questions. It's just annoying to type them all out. Um, so I've been doing that and yeah, I'm actually, um, humbling myself a little bit and creating a GoFundMe for my album. Um, if you did not know, being an independent artist is incredibly expensive. So, oh, I know as an <laughs> independent filmmaker, I'm fully fucking aware. Yeah. So one song is about $1,500, which is, um, humbling because, um, it's something I really want to do. And there's several, you know, I want to do it justice. Um, so I, you don't I need help. It on a, you don't want to half-ass it on your own Adobe audition in your little two-bedroom apartment. Exactly. Exactly. But I am, you know, laying down my pride and I need help. Like this is something that I've wanted to do for years. And I feel like money has always been the thing that's held me back. Um, money and time. And I've decided that I... I'm going to try my best to have a little bit better of work-life balance because I think that most of my time is spent at work and thinking about work. And um, I really want to take um, the time in the new year to really put some more energy into myself. Um, I feel like I'm pouring from an empty cup and I can't pour into myself from a cup that's already empty. So I am trying to switch the narrative a little bit in my life and put myself first um, a little bit more. Um, so really trying to work within work hours and trying to not work outside of them. Um, that mm -hmm. is going to be my 2023 goal. And I think it's going to be hard for me to uphold that boundary, but I really need the time outside of work to create because it's the only time that I have to create. Um, and I keep putting it on the back burner. And it's so funny because I'll get like really great creative ideas, like during the middle of work. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> Yo, yeah. It's and I try like to, when I try like to hold on to on it. I know I try to hold on to it until I have a moment to where I can just like jot it down in my notes or like make a voice memo of something. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm like, really I'd be like, kid, to you're going to wait, like, like kid, you got to wait two seconds, <laughs> one, one second and just like record it into your phone. I mean like Taylor <laughs> Swift does it. She wakes up at the 3 a.m. being like. Ratatata, ratatata. Oh, my and like you think Joe is just sleeping through that? Like no. no. Joe is waking up at the same time and like the amount of times that I have again. the amount of times I have actually done that is actually comical. Um voice memos. Um I haven't done it here. I normally get them I normally get my ideas in the car or um like when I lived back home with my parents, I would get them in the middle, middle of the night and I would try to like whisper sing into my phone so I wouldn't wake anybody up. But I have a ton of voice memos. The worst thing in the world actually happened to me with voice memos when I went from my iPhone 10 to my iPhone 13. My voice you memos, no, they just didn't ever finish 
downloading onto my new phone. So I don't have like years of voice memos of songs. Yeah, you lost them. Um, So I'm really sad about that, but I think it has pushed me to create new things instead of kind of relying on things that I have had half written for years that I never Mm -hmm. really did anything with. Um, So it's kind of pushing me creatively, which is great. But um, yeah, voice memos is my best friend. But yeah, so um, that's kind of where my head's been at, Um, just trying to kind of navigate through all of that and get ready for January. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go stay in East Nashville um, and just spend a weekend there and just knock out a couple songs. And I'm really excited. So. What is the process of recording the first couple of songs like look like? Uh, realistically, mm-hmm. like what is that timeline? Like what is the process that goes into it? Like, like when it comes to your songwriting? Yeah. Well, um, my goal is to do like two or three songs each trip that I go, mm-hmm. um, just to make the and most like, of you, my like, time and his time. And like, what are you doing like in the studio? Like what is like that look like? Right. So before I go, I typically send him like my demo track of my song and he, um, in the meantime is working on the track itself. So he's doing like some instrumentation, kind of like trying to put everything together. He's going to send those to me. We'll make tweaks as we go. And then when I go out to Nashville, we focus on vocal. We lay the vocal track, um, harmonies, any kind of like ad libby things that we want to do. That's what my time in the studio is. Um, and then typically he'll bring in other artists, um, and musicians, later on after I've already left just because of like timing and stuff. Um, and they will add their piece and he'll be in contact with me the whole time. Um, you know, calling and FaceTiming or whatever. Um, just to kind of see if I like how things sound, what we want changed. Um, and then he will finalize everything and send me the master track. So, um, because I don't live in Nashville, uh, it's more like, I guess his like more remote in the sense of like, I'm not, I don't get to be there when the other instruments are recorded, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm but still like, a part Taylor of the Swift, process. Would Taylor Swift be there when that's happening though? Probably because I think she is a control freak. <laughs> okay. But like, okay, like would realistically any other artist, like no, big artist be there? I don't think yeah. so. I think they would go lay their track, their vocal track. And then, um, the instru- like they would cut, maybe have ideas for certain things or like, um, mm-hmm. you know, or would that, would that certain be laid ideas. first? Like with all, like all um, the other music, be just, first. It just mm-hmm. depends. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the ways that I've recorded, it is very like minimal instrumentation, and then we do the vo- the vocal track, and then instrumentation is like more instrumentation is added mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you the do vocal like, track okay, so- kind of gives them like a guide, I guess. So, whenever that you're doing that, like I'm thinking of like. Um, certain songs where there's like a ton of vocal layers to it. Mm-hmm. And like, like when you get to the bridge and you're in that last chorus and there's like a bunch of different layers mm-hmm. and like, you know, the runs that some of the artists are doing, like, is that after the instruments are added or is that before all that too? Like, are you adding all that drama and the actionists beforehand? Um, or is that like, oh, I feel like we need more of that. Like after the instruments have been laid and well, then you go on top of that. Yeah. I think it could, I think it could just depend. Like you may, mm-hmm. you may, when you're in there, hear it and go ahead and lay the tracks or you may get the, you know, final version back and be like, I have an idea. And that's in that case, I would fly back out to Nashville mm-hmm. um, 
and I could just add on, like, since we're doing several projects, like since we're doing several songs, if I were to like record a song and be like, oh my gosh, there's this ad lib part I really want to add at the end, or there's this thing I really want to do at the end. When I go out to record another song, I could just add on to it. Um, but typically mm-hmm. I think, I think they, tr- he tries to like, he likes to try to do all the vocal track at the same time. Um, it's really interesting because on my last song that I did with him, I didn't record any harmonies at all. He created them from my voice. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. Um, but on this, on this album, I like kind of want to be more in control of like doing certain harmonies and adding a little bit more vocal layering. Being more detailed with mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I think, for, I think for a whole album, I think it's the best time to mm-hmm. be more, more detailed and like more nitpicky about things and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot easier probably like when you have like that clear vision like oh, yeah. going into it. Yeah. I mean, I had a, like hit yeah, I had a clear vision for my song that I did with him and mm-hmm. we were in the studio two hours max. Um, I was very prepared and I knew mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted to do and I knew exactly how I wanted it to sound. Um, and I think going into it with that preparation is also really helpful because I'm not wasting time not knowing well, my own lyrics thing, or not knowing my own nuances that I want or whatever. I think I think a lot of people think, and I, I'm going to, saying this based off of like what we see from Taylor Swift and what we see from like other artists like that. Like people think you're writing the song lyrically, like while you're in there, and like you don't, like you had that already done. Those are different. Those are songwriting sessions that she's doing. I was going to say that are completely she, different. Yes, she is doing songwriting sessions, which I could do with my producer, but I don't really want to. Not that yeah. I don't want to, but like, um, if I want to probably write, better to do in person. Yes, it's just more if I want to write with somebody, I'm gonna go ahead and do it in person. Like one of the songs that's gonna be on the album, I I wrote with William Henson, um, and I'm so excited for it. It's like one of my favorite songs. It's um, really cool. But like, we had a literal like entire afternoon of writing it together. Like I came mm-hmm. in with the idea, and then we made tweaks and we wrote together. Um, and by the end of it, we had a whole song, but we didn't record a single thing. We recorded like a demo of it mm-hmm. just so that we mm-hmm. we could have like a whole run through of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's typically what a songwriting session looks like. At least in my experience, you don't leave with the track. You leave with the song. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I would have to be in person a lot more if I wanted to songwrite with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to eventually write with other people. Um, mm-hmm. But... For now, I just kind of have to do like one thing at a time. Baby steps mm. is kind of where I'm, mm. where I am right now with it. So, but yeah, well, that's really exciting. I know, exciting. And then things. like once you have that set and done, you're going to be doing music videos. <coughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> that's included in my GoFundMe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marketing with um with I don't know who I'll get to do them. Hmm. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Funny. No, I have no idea. <laughs> Funny. I have no idea who, I, who I would pay for their amazing work. <laughs> LOL. LOL. Probably I'm not, laughing. I'm rolling on the floor. Probably not you. <laughs> Just kidding. Alrighty, gal. So this is the end of the gas so, guide. And the gas guide is breaking up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, obviously you, I don't literally don't know a single other soul. And you're like so talented. <laughs> so that's fine. But um yeah, I would like to get paid oh, for that. That'd be great. You will. Don't worry. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and you also will, also after all that too, you'll do that. You'll have like images, and then you'll fucking hopefully have live shows. 
I know. Go on a mini tour. I think that would be so fun. I would love, I would love that more than anything else. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yes, I know I was talking to uh, my producer and I was like, I'm nervous. He was like, you got this one step at a time. And I was like, you know what? I needed someone to tell me that (laughs) because I think I dream too big. And then I see like all of the things that I have to do to get there. And then I freak out and freeze and I don't do anything. Does that make sense? You have to understand that it's also as somebody who, and I say this, I'm saying this because I also have equally large dreams. Um, you have to look at what's in front of you, not what's 50 feet ahead of you and understand that it is a journey. It Mm -hmm. is not a like road trip kind of thing. Like you're, you're going to be on this journey for a long time. You're going to hit a lot of Mm -hmm. fucking concrete walls. You're going to have a lot of no's. You're going to have obstacles that get in your way. No matter like if you quit your job today and you like commit to this in full time. And I told you this before, like, it's never like, okay, I got through this. So like now we're going to be good. Like you were, it's one thing after the never, mm-hmm. like you were never going to not have obstacles in your way. There's going to be always something, Yeah. but that is where you define your character and who you are as a person by how you react to those. Mm-hmm. Are you somebody that gives up very easily and thinks this is too hard? I don't want it bad enough, clearly. So I'm going to stop and just be content with not doing this and or and hold resentment internally without like subconsciously realizing it or am i going to let this one no or this one thing define me and not ever figure out like what could be if i had like tried something different or gone an alternate route because there always is an alternate route a stop sign is just like you telling you take a detour like Mm -hmm. go another way that's all it is it's just a redirection so it's just being okay, like, so I'm not going to go to the voice and do it that way. I must be able to find another way. Like, there's always, like, another route. There's always another way. And that is when you're able to, like, define yourself. Because, I, I mean, just being in Los Angeles, being around creative people, seeing this, like, all the time. Like, I see people give up all the time because they think it's too hard. And in a way, it's like – and I don't, I don't like the mindset of you just don't want it bad enough. But – yeah. This is an industry. The entertainment industry is an industry that will try to destroy you. It is bigger than you in any possible way. It is a cutthroat industry, no doubt. It will chew you up and spit you out. If you let that get to you, you will not make it mm-hmm. because it does not care about you at all. You have to 100% care about yourself and in a, some way you have to be a little bit narcissistic because you have to think someone gives a damn about what I have to say. Yeah. And frankly, no one does. Right. No one cares. Exactly. The industry doesn't care. No one knows who you are, so they don't care. So you have to be a little bit narcissistic and delusional in a way to think that your voice matters and that what you want to say and how you want to say it and your creative choices matter to people. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's how people have gotten as far as they have is because of that little narcissism baby in the back of their head. It's like, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's telling them you're meant to be a star, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, I mean, like, it's just... It, I, I've had this conversation with two people already this week as well, You're too. You're like, I am on it. Let me just be your <laughs> like, therapist real quick, Hannah. Don't worry. Honestly. I am here. Like, as somebody, like, who is not successful in the film industry, like, in comparison to the people that I know, like, I do view, I do view what I have done in my life as a success. Right. I am not, like, at the level of success that I 
would like to be at eventually. But I also know how young I am in my career and I give myself a lack and I cherish where I've gotten so far in that and look back on that and think, oh, wow, like, yeah, like I made an 18 minute long short film and is it the best thing in the entire world? No. And I was very down on myself for about that for a bit, but I made a film. I know. Like, and I, (laughs) a legit film. (laughs) I made, I found the money myself. I did everything myself. I did this all with literally the help of my crew. Mm -hmm. But like, I didn't have a studio behind me. I didn't have a multi-million dollar producer behind me. I didn't have the school behind me or anything. Mm-hmm. I did it myself. I found a way to do it. And that's always been my life, my life motto is I'll figure it out. Yep. I, I will. Because f- there's no other option. Mm-hmm. There, there literally is no other option. When I moved out here and people were like, what are you going to do for work? And I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Because I have no other choice because I refuse to not let this dream go to waste i refuse to not have this dream i've dreamed about this shit since i was like fucking six years old and i wrote a story and then i was in my first play at eight years old like i refuse to ever believe that this will not happen for me yeah i know that it will happen eventually i just don't know when and i'm fine with that and people think i'm insane and people think i'm nuts and i totally like understand like if you've never known any of that or you've never allowed yourself to bet on yourself like that I can see how that can be kind of psychotic for some people. Yeah. I can see how it's it's because it's not normal. It's not normal. What I try to do with my life, how I choose to live, how I choose to spend my money and my free time and what I do is not normal. I understand that, but I'm content with that. I'm happy with that. I'm happy not having kids at my at this stage of my life. Like I literally logged on to Facebook before we recorded because I posted I wanted to like fucking name drop the shit that I'd done this week. And all I see is on my feed, marriage, baby announcement, uh someone retiring, baby announcement, pregnancy test, oh and wedding, blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, I'm out here meeting Paramore Maddie Healy and I'm like, hey guys, hey, I'm out here like I'm doing here. this. I'm, I'm having the cool life. I'm the cool aunt. You're, you're all like doing that which is fine like obviously like you're married like i don't give a fuck about that i'm not saying like don't get married don't have kids i'm not saying any of like that normal no stuff but you're bad. just not following the typical like this is what we do next and here's what we go and to do I'm next and here's what we do happy. next and it's fine some exactly. people think that like because if i don't have children if i'm not married that you're unhappy as a 29 tw- year old woman i must be unhappy I am literally having the best fucking time of my life. Yeah, you're living your dream. If I had children right now, if I had children or a husband right now, it would only slow me down. You do have children out back and they scream, so. (laughs) (laughs) And every day I'm like, like, I I can't do this. this, I couldn't do mm -mm, this. mm -mm, I couldn't mm -mm. do this. So I... I know that what I do and what I, my dreams, and I think both of our dreams are not normal. It's not the ordinary, but I admire people so fucking much who say, fuck that. I'm going to bet on myself and just people who have that sure fired confidence behind themselves and are willing to think that they can do anything they put their mind to. It's something that my parents have taught me, something that I learned from my dad. It is full-heartedly the thing that will get me the utmost respect for anybody in my life that I meet because it's just – it's something that takes guts and that it's not an easy thing to do. And yeah. hearing – I mean, I, I, I talked with a friend the other day who their mom was like, why don't – like, when, when are you going to quit? 
because as a, like, I understand you're strong, but as a mom, it hurts to hear you always tell me that you got another no, or you like, this didn't work out for you. And it's just like, how are you not exhausted? It's, it, that's where, like I said, that's where it defines your character. And it's not something that everybody is cut out for. But for me, it's something where you just have to reprogram your brain to think this is nothing personal. It's not about me. It's my work. My work is not, does not define me. I am more than just my work. That's why when I go to like meetups with other writers and other filmmakers, the first thing people ask me is like, what do I, like, what is, like, what do I write? Like, what films do I make? Fucking hate that. It immediately mm. turns me off to the person. Yeah. I am, yes, I understand we're all here networking and everything, but I am more than that. You're only asking me that because that's the common thing that we have to talk about and you don't know what else to talk about. I get that. I understand. But that is not all that I am. My work right. is not my character. It's not who I am. I make films. I love films. But that's not all of who I am. I am a fucking, I am the weirdest fucking person you ever meet. And it is so much like just, not I don't like just being only defined by that one trait in my life and so I think by me being able to separate that from who I am as a person has been able to make the rejection that comes with the entertainment industry a little bit more diluted and uh edible in a way for me to swallow so that was my rant on that I love it it's it's just something that has been a reoccurring conversation I've had to have with multiple like you another friend so I wanted to put that out there for anybody else that needs to hear that and hears me talking about how awesome it is that I have a job where I get to meet Maddie Healy and Haley mm-hmm. Williams and Hannah's out here recording her music and, you know, we're all fulfilling our dreams. And if you're sitting at home thinking like, wow, they have such cool lives and like, what the fuck am I doing? It's okay. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. You are not, you don't have to know what you're doing all the time. You don't have to always have a plan. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be on a certain track. You can take breaks. You can take time and you can... Get some water because it is a mar- it is it is a marathon, not a race. Is that what the saying is? I think it is. Yeah. It's a marathon. I think a marathon. Not a race. I thought a marathon I thought a marathon was a race. Um a marathon so is, but it's the really long one. It takes a long time. It's like many, 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 many hours. Miles. It's a walk. It's we're not a sprint. It's a the walk. marathon. <laughs> we're walking. And that we're not losing. We're walking. It's a speed walking one. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> I wanted to put that out there in case this episode you're like, oh my God, this is so great. This is so cool. But fuck, I'm sitting in Oklahoma and I really want to be a model and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, how am I going to do that? It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. It's okay One to have dreams and not step at a time. Look at what is right in front of you and then figure out where to go from that. Mm-hmm. Like it is, I, that's why I always think people are like, what is your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? And I know what my long-term goals is. And people are like, well, I don't know what my short-term goals is. I'm like, okay, think of what all you have to do to get to that long-term goal. Mm-hmm. What is the very next step that you need to do? Like the very, just the next step you need to do. You need to call somebody, that's your short-term goal. You have to call this agent. You have to reach out to venues for a tour. You have to finish the script and get revisions on it. Mm-hmm. That's your next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just think of what's the next right thing. And then don't, don't think about the next thing until you finish that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bad That's about how that one. It's a mm-hmm. little bit more digestible, I think, when you're able to do that because then you're not like getting paralyzed by all the decisions that you have to make. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I love that we. Got, I love that I got to brag about my week, and then I gave you like a therapeutic lesson at the end of this. Listen, we love a a podcast episode about 
all the things, all the fun, exciting things that are happening. Thirsting over Maddie Healy and chasing our dreams. And growing money. (laughs) (laughs) And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.